0: welcome to new type flash this is a podcast where we listen or watch uh gundam universal century in chronological order and um shoot the shit about it uh we aim to be informative and interesting to listen to and at least one of those at most of the time Uh, i'm your host lane we've also got uh luke say hi luke hi luke (laughs) and scotty p
1: Hello. Well,
0: uh, this week we are talking about Gundam, the Origin, Episode 5, Clash at Loom. If you haven't listened or watched to the past few episodes, then you're behind. And you should probably go catch up before you uh, uh, listen to this one. Otherwise, uh, you're in for a treat, hopefully. So it's let's a go terrible and, uh, entry point. You're probably in for confusion if you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> that's true yeah uh, well i mean if if you so we could just jump into it if you watch the first 15 minutes of episode five then you will okay. see basically what's happened in all of the other four episodes i timed it because yes. i remembered it being long eight and a half minutes eight and a half minutes of recap
1: I think it goes eight and a half minutes of recap and then like four minutes of just kind of like exposition about the state of the current like you see so i mean 12 minutes of no new story.
2: Sorry, I, I was going to say, in real life, when these came out, there is a longer gap in actual time between the release of Episode 4 and 5 than any of the others. It is almost a 10-month gap, uh, because this was planned as a four-episode series at first, and they didn't even announce that 5 was happening until 4 premiered in Japanese theaters. Um, so there is a much longer gap, and f- my kind of perspective on this is not really even mine. It just comes from my wife, who just sort of is sometimes uh, on the couch when these things are on, and uh, and and we did kind of you know watch them together as they came out, and she was very appreciative of the info dump and the recap and things like that as a casual Yeah, cuz she viewer.
0: doesn't she doesn't watch all of these with you. She's no. like probably sees some of them, right? Yeah, she sees some of
2: them and and you know, she enjoyed Unicorn. We watched that together and we watched this one together, but I think the things like this kind of do help out a more casual viewer a lot or in this case someone that maybe is a little bit more involved, but you haven't kept up with say universal century timeline in a while, if you have a year gap in between watching episodes, then it's very helpful.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think that, uh, release between five and six is about the same. Cause I think this one was released September, 2017 and six was released like May, 2018. So yeah, very, very, I think that's about another nine or 10 months between them.
1: That is a pretty substantial gap. And that is a good point. I, when you watch them rapid fire like this, the, uh, <laughs> It's kind of overbearing, but um, you you make a good point, Scotty.
0: Yeah, so once we get to the actual content of the show, this was, again, this was a long one. I think it it tapped out at 85 minutes, and that's not including the half an hour of Hulu commercials that I watched it with.
1: (laughs)
2: Uh, Oh, you know what sucked? It was free on YouTube last week, and I didn't (laughs) watch it because when I went to look for it, they had episode
0: six up now because they just rotate them. Yeah, yeah, might I mean might need to watch that one on YouTube this time around,
1: or you could get Hulu Premium and not and not be cheap.
0: Well, I mean, I already have Netflix, and I got too many subscriptions. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I might as well just get cable if that's the case.
1: <laughs> well, that's a that's a different rabbit hole we could go down. Yeah, our new podcast. Should you have cable?
0: <laughs> All right, January third. UC0079. The start of the one year war is where this kind of launches.
2: Yeah. And Amuro and his gang. Not a gang. He's not in a gang. Amuro's not in a gang
0: yet. <laughs> no, <not> yet. <laughs> well, you, well, so it it before it, it really gets to Amaro, it kind of gives like a, a short um cap over overview, I guess, of the what the first few weeks of the war. Or maybe even the first few days. because um, it kinda talks about how the initial Federation fleets destroyed by um uh Dozel's fleet. Um and then uh Granada and Von Braun are um captured by uh who was it? Cassia? Uh Cassilia, yeah. Her her guys captured that on the moon and Um, Then it shows a brief um, flash to Char Char, uh, apparently not needing fuel to kick ass for a few minutes. Yeah. (laughs) And that's that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I summarized that for us pretty Mm -hmm. succinctly and there's not much to say. It was pretty cool. I mean. I don't understand the whole point of watching Char fly around without gasoline or whatever they whatever fuel they he's use. But
1: establishing how amazing a pilot he is. Yeah,
0: he's amazing. He can kick ass even really, if he uh really if,
1: he, if he can't
0: move. He will move it on force of
2: will alone. <laughs> or it's space. Maybe he farts. He has really bad gas. That's oh. the subtext.
0: Yeah, and then we also see um Side two and Hate being attacked um, by Romberal's uh, small uh, mobile suit fleet, uh, and the reason is given is they're just opposed to Zeon; they're, they're Federation allied, and they basically destroy, take over. Well, kind of
1: see a lot of that through this episode, and it, it, it kind of shows that both sides are kind of kind of just kind of just dicks about it.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. I kind of got the the feel throughout this episode that they're just setting Xeon up to be like the bad guys. The the Federation guys seemed at least compared to what we've seen in other stuff, they seem more measured and, and mellow about the whole thing.
1: I think historically, um, in in the original series and all of that, the Federation is postured as the good guys. The Xeons are postured as Nazis, and that's just it. Like, there's tons and tons of like Nazi imagery associated yeah. with. Zeon and then as we watch as I watched this I kind of got more of the sense that like both sides are kind of assholes and no one's really good guy a good guy there there are pockets of good people on either side I think um, obviously the group that I was with for the most part was good guys but there are a lot of bad folks in the federation and I think
0: uh, yeah I, but I, th- I think they still say that Zeon are Nazis right so like, oh, basically y- yeah so there's a very the federation yeah, very, has some guys that are douchebags but the Zeons are Nazis.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's pretty... It's,
0: it's very on-the-nose at one like, point in the episode.
1: Look at, the red, look at all, like, the red Zeon banners everywhere. Those are, like, direct rip-offs of, like, Nazi. Uh, and then,
0: Canadian. what, Sig Zeon? <laughs> Whoa, right.
1: Yeah. I think they're doing the, the Heil Hitler salute, too.
2: I believe More so. More or less, yeah. It's, I think, starting in this episode of Origin, it does begin to portray Zeon as more of that. They're the bad guys. And you kind of see also that this is happening with, um, Garen getting, it feels like he has more influence starting here.
0: Yeah. And I guess we'll talk about it later, but I was kind of surprised at that characterization, but all right, now we get to the part where we see Amaro. Yes. Again. And Amaro is on side
2: seven which is more or less nothing. It is a colony under construction.
0: Yeah. Yeah, So
1: he's chilling in his underwear again.
0: (laughs) Yeah. He has a problem with wearing clothes. I think we mentioned this the last episode or the episode before that. Yep.
1: I think every time we see him, it's a problem. Yeah. (laughs) Something kind of
2: interesting here, I think symbolically just looking at sort of the, uh, I almost said the origin and made a pun on accident, um, but the, the uh, <laughs> geographic isn't quite the right term, but you know, the geographic origin, if you will, of some of these characters side seven is as far as you can get from Xeon. It is at Lagrange point three, which is on the sun side of the earth, like the far side of the sun. Whereas Xeon uh, mm-hmm. and Moonzo is on the far side of the moon. So they are as far apart as can be,
0: I guess that makes sense like uh in a metaphorical sense as well for oh series. yeah, that's all I was really hitting at, yeah, I mean i yeah I guess it
2: could make sense strategically, given what they are the federation is doing at sidestep well,
0: yeah it, and that's where they did like the initial uh mobile suit development for um for xeon too I forget the name of the site, but it was basically like a far off like hidden colony yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Where a lot of uh, igloo took place i think
0: oh i hate good god <laughs> uh yeah so a- Amaro is bad at standing up to peer pressure we we see Sweet. um kai shiden, shiden and um, Hayato and the rest of that little crew and they're basically like let's go sneak into the development sector in a bulldozer
1: <laughs> yeah it's not really <laughs> sneak in
0: it's
1: more like just go blatantly break in. We'll <laughs> find out what they're doing.
0: Um, I, I thought that was interesting. but
1: a lot, a lot of first appearances here, though. Yeah. A lot of like, like crew of White Base of pop, popping up rapid fire. I
0: was actually surprised we didn't really see more of Frau this episode. We only saw her like for about five cool. seconds at one point.
1: I think they were trying to squeeze a lot in, and, and this has never really been like Amaro or their story. It's right. this is all Charles' story, so... I'm glad they didn't spend a bunch well, this of This is also
2: just, I think, being faithful to the manga a bit at this point, because they didn't put this in episode four, I think, because again, initially that was, would have been it for this OVA series. Um, but the volume of the manga that this stuff happens in is really the one before all of the battle of loom stuff. Uh, and it's mm-hmm. kind of just tacked uh, in there yeah. at the end. And then when in it uh, volume six, and then when you start up in volume seven, you are right back in with the Xeon forces and all the stuff with island Fish and hate and all that
0: so this you guys might not be able to answer this but i i am so confused about how gravity works on colonies um because my my, my thought was they they rotate um and so like essentially all edges of the colony have gravity but when they were driving up the one side of the with the bulldozer, it seemed like they were struggling. So, my thoughts would be, it shouldn't struggle if it was a road that was meant to be driven on, like the side of the colony. Like, wh- what was going
2: on? Uh, there? So, I think <laughs> this is one of those things that I look at it as Gundam bases a lot of its ideas in actual science that works, but then when it comes time to make the plot, it will completely ignore that if it needs to.
0: that's what i figured but i just thought it was funny i was like wait a minute the whole colony is like round and you should be able to just kind of like run around the colony i mean so what
2: the hell (laughs) now to be fair there are basically jedis later on so yeah i wouldn't think too hard about it
0: (laughs) (laughs) come on this is reality man (laughs) totally real events that definitely (laughs) happened (laughs) but <laughs> well, again, this is like right now we're we're UC negative sixty two or something like that. So um, we're just we're just about hundred years mm-hmm.
1: off. I do agree with you, Lane. Uh, every time they establish a rule and then break it, it frustrates
0: Yeah, I mean, I wasn't annoyed by it. I I was just kind of like laughing yeah. as I was watching it. And then they get shot up, so it doesn't matter anyway.
1: I didn't I didn't notice it until you said it. Now I can never watch this episode. Maybe,
0: maybe it's just something with the weight,
2: like. Your normal car or something, it you don't have that impact. But then, when you have something as big as a bulldozer, there are different considerations. Like, maybe the force
0: isn't enough to completely ground it at times. We should we should write somebody that, that whoever wrote um, Origin no like, just like just ask him. Hey, how well, does you know work? I, maybe somebody listening, maybe this is your area where
2: you like you actually know math and stuff. About I used to know maths. Uh, but, like <laughs> you actually could maybe come up with something here because I, I feel like we're maybe accidentally stumbling into a very non-scientific
1: answer.
0: Listeners, feel free to reach out to us and tell us about Gravity. I think, uh,
1: I think Neil Grass Tyson might have some free time right now. We no. probably get him on show.
0: That's true. He's probably not filming another no, TV show.
2: No, Gundam remember. is fun, and he makes everything no fun.
0: <laughs> um, all right, so they get shot up. They get arrested. Um, Amaro gets unarrested because cause of daddy. Um, and then we see them at school, yada, yada, yada.
1: I was getting yelled at yeah. for... Oh, uh, the guards! The guards beat the crap out of Kyoshi yeah. and that that whole crew. Yeah.
0: everybody except for Amro. He basically just has like a bruise on his cheek. Everybody else is like slung up. It reminds me
2: a bit of uh, Akura when the guy is just punching those kids, going discipline,
0: <laughs> discipline. It's <laughs> great.
1: <laughs>
0: um. So then we get back to the the Zeons and the Zombies. And um, we see Dozel and, and Rambaral uh, meeting up after Rambaral's um, successful attack on um, Hate. And uh, Dozel basically has this plan, this, this magnificent plan that will never be repeated throughout the UC timeline again um, to drop a colony on <laughs> a city. Was it,
1: was it Dozel's plan to drop a colony? No, it was Giran's. <laughs> Giran's plan. I, got
0: you. Mm-hmm. I was thinking it was kind
1: of an odd plan for Dozal to hold people.
2: Yeah, and I think what really happens here is when he's trying to talk Ram Baral into being involved with this, I feel like he's echoing whatever argument was given to him to get him to go along with it.
1: Well, he's just a sweet, sweet boy. and He just doesn't question his brothers.
2: Yeah, I think it's a combination of those things. I could see him as a character kind of going... Oh, you know, this isn't right. But then his brother being able to outwit him and use that part of his personality—that's that family first, wanting to please—to to his advantage.
0: Yeah, and we we do see something similar to that happening a little bit later in the episode too. So I mean, the fact that he he's kind of drugged along by his nose, he might have reservations, but it's at this point it's like, well, what what do we do? Where we've already you know crossed the Rubicon. So um, if we stop now, we'll, you know, we're dead. But Rambaral says, "Nah, no thanks. Not doing this."
1: Yeah, he uh, he, he pushes back pretty hard considering uh, how high up he is, which is kind of interesting.
0: Yeah, he got he was promoted to what commander?
1: He got uh, l- yeah, I think commander. Yeah, com- think commander.
0: commander. Because after after he refuses, he gets his punishment is he's demoted twice down to a Lieutenant or something like
1: that. Well, it's funny because he got double promoted up to commander and then doubled the. <laughs> um,
2: so another thing I think is kind of interesting here. So we kind of, I think we talked about this at the start about how they're attacking um, side two, uh, which is, uh, Hate is also what they call it, uh, which is the name of not a colony, but the group of colonies. Okay. And that's the same somewhat- with loom, right? Y- yes. Yes. This is, when I was first watching this stuff like 20 years ago, this was horribly, horribly confusing. Um, so yeah, side two is Hate and the, both of those names stand for a group of colonies. or they are sometimes called a bunch. And then the colonies.
0: individual colonies are like Texas Colony
2: and right. yeah, inside two's case, we it, it's the things like um, I think they mentioned Macedonia once. that's one of them. Uh, yeah, yeah. Island Ifish uh, Colony 13, which I think is a SATA thing. Those are all like individual colonies. And another, I think, metaphorical part, uh, side two is at L4. And I'm looking, I looked at this NASA website going into some of the math and like trigonometry and stuff about the Lagrange points. So the L4 and five points are more like in Earth orbit and they're stable. Whereas uh, in this fiction here, uh, we have... Um, so again, a side two is at L four, so it's a stable Lagrange point. And then you have uh, side three or Munzo where Xeon is in, uh, L two. And what it's saying on this NASA site is that, uh, in contrast, the equilibrium L one and L two is unstable, like that of a marble perched atop a bowling ball, uh, which I thought was a, I thought was a neat little metaphor.
0: So it kind of like, it probably changes it, it, Cause it's probably based on the relation of the moon and earth. So it probably changes as like they, the, they rotate around each other in the sun and all that fun stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what was the name of the, of the site that w- we jumped to next? It was Island something. Ifish. Ifish. like I F F I S H. Yeah.
1: Can I make one quick note? Yep. Uh, Scotty, you've used the term LaGrange point so many times, and before I watched this episode, I had no idea what that was. Ah. I had to Google it.
2: Yep. I, it's actually decently explained in Gundam Wing, which is oh, really? a, a strange place to have it explained because they barely even, like, you, you see a few colonies, they blow one up, but it's not very high on the science part of these things.
0: And, oh, yeah. if, and if you're a space nerd you you hear a lot about the Lagrange points because that's where they put a lot of like the not deep space satellites but like satellites that need to be kind of semi-stationary yes
1: yeah, space stuff not my uh, not my area of expertise guys <laughs> Lagrange point that's my highlight this week
0: we, we learned a new word Um Apparently, at least I did <laughs> So we we meet some star-crossed lo- lovers on um, Island Iffish under Site Two.
1: Mm. Yeah, it was a fun fun uh, fun way to get us invested.
0: Yeah, <laughs> they're gonna go to Japan, see the cherry blossoms, see snow because it doesn't snow in the colonies.
1: Clearly Japanese character with all the cl- other clearly Japanese characters is definitely clearly Japanese. Mm-hmm. That was fun fact <laughs> to establish too.
0: He's he's partially japanese
1: (laughs) although although to be fair i don't think fong lee was uh japanese
0: no that sounds like a chinese name
2: (laughs) yeah she points out how she might be but then you're sitting there thinking "Uh, i don't know uh this is a tough scene to watch
0: i think it is the the first time i i saw it this is the second time i've seen episode five but the first time i saw it i was just like uh, at the end of it especially i was just like oh god what what did i just watch this is like depressing
1: it really didn't hit me the first time i watched it what was happening when it was happening until like right after because i'm sitting there, i'm like what what are these characters like what's going on i don't get why why do i care about this let's get back to char or whatever and then um when it dawned on me what was happening that was it was dark man
0: yeah, yeah. it would in and. In- you know, the guy dying, I was like, okay, you know, they, you know, it, it, I was pretty sure what they were doing to the colony. And then when they, they went into the the, 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 um, the safety bunker and all those people were dead too, I was just like, oh God, you know, like this, th- these guys are, are literally fighting a feudal war at this point. Like they've, they're trying to protect their friends and family. They're, that's all they're trying to do. Um, and they're just dead. I mean, when,
1: I thought I thought they were unconscious. I thought he knocked them no. out. Oh no, I
0: think I think they're dead.
2: It doesn't matter if you're in a shelter when they are pumping a bunch of poison gas into the colony.
1: Yeah, no, that's fair.
2: Yeah, it's uh oh I, it, yeah, this is it, it's a little easier to read because in the panels you just okay you're reading you can skip over it you're going at your own pace and there's not a ton going on in the actual panels so it was. Like reading wise, not too bad, but watching it, having to sit there and and look at this happening. And and for me, even the first time watching it, knowing exactly what was going on, it was just
1: this dread and, oh, oh, it's tough. This was, this was before we see Dozel's family, right? Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and it's just, you know, you, after you see all these guys dying and, it it kind of like pops back and forth between some of the Xeon soldiers and commanders like commenting. And they're basically like, well, you know, they're not going to have to see earth as they're like launching towards it. So uh, we didn't directly say that this is where they're, you know, hooking up the colony to drop it onto earth um, for the, for, for Girion's colony drop plan. Um, So essentially uh, they didn't even have to kill these people. Um, They probably didn't have a way to fight back realistically, um, but you know, they, they killed them all and they're using this colony to drop on earth. Yeah,
1: I think at this point, this is the first, like really just straight up messed up thing that Zeon has done. Right. Like, I, I don't, I don't think anything before this other than like the zombies have done some messed up stuff, but like Zeon as a, as a whole hasn't really done anything to straight horrible this. no it
0: was pretty much standard war up till this point and you know that they, they're they're basically they know they're outmatched um even with the gundams they they were like hey uh, later on you know they're outmatched four or five six to one in a, in a battle yeah. and they're like we've you know and, and again it, this goes back to you know world war ii and and um and the, the the comparison to the nazis where um hitler knew, hey man i've gotta you know do you know, lightning strikes. I've got to take over as much as possible because, you know, the Nazis couldn't face a long, protected war on multiple fronts, um, and so uh, I think that it's a very close to what's going on here. Is they say we, you know, shock and awe. We've got to blow these guys up, make them surrender, or not even surrender. Just like give us what we want, which is our independence, and end it. Yeah,
2: that's exactly what it's a reference to, and. Uh, just to kind of go over the whole plan I, and they, they explain it pretty well in the episode, but maybe it's been a while since you watch it. You didn't necessarily rewatch it. Uh, the idea is that they have figured out about Jaburo. So they know about Jaburo and right. where it is. And Jaburo has been built in South America underneath. I, I forget how much they say, but a lot
1: of bedrock. What I thought. What's that? I think they're in South Africa, No, it's South America.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. South America. I think it was like five or 10 kilometers, yeah. which is several miles. Yes. Yep. So it's very deep
2: underground for reasons. Um, one of them being defense. But uh, so they, they want to take it out and they decided if they drop a colony on it, they could take it out and deal this huge blow and it's over. It's done with, uh, which is, I think, where. Uh, as wrong as it is some of their just their justification not actual justification for doing this but their justification for this comes from that of well ultimately we are saving lives even though yes all these millions of people are going to die whatever that's going to end the war quickly we'll have
0: we want the wars over uh well i so um We'll get to that in the next scene, but I, I disagree because I, I, Garen gives a very different explanation of, of why they, why he does it. I, that might be the justification they give to people, but I think that, that it's very much more self-serving.
2: Well, I think for Garen, yeah, uh, that it, that's not right for Garen. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So, um, we'll, we'll speed up. So colony drop, it breaks into three pieces. Um, Sydney, Southwest Canada, and um, Southeast, East Asia uh, gets blown up. Half of the world population dies. Um,
1: yeah, like eradicated North America. Yeah. It's kind of That's for us.
0: Yeah.
2: I mean, geez. Something they don't touch um, on, I'll be quick. Something they don't touch on is. I feel like in one of the other pieces of media, they say that that failed attempt to destroy it while it's still in like on approach is one of the factors that sent it off course.
1: Yeah. I think they implied that it, they, they kept it from falling straight where it was, was supposed to be supposed to hit, but they might've made it worse. I kind of got the impression that they made yeah, it worse. I
2: think what it is, is it, it was their attack made it more susceptible to that breakup in the atmosphere. The breakup maybe being the thing that was more sending it off course, but it made the devastation more widespread. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and it's funny. Not funny. I mean, uh, it's, it's interesting because in the future series, you don't really get as much of a, a semblance of how just, screwed up things are because you would you would think if like half of the world's population died um you would uh see a big difference
1: no we only really got an image into like military leadership we didn't really see any of the impact on on anywhere else you know i think they sort of showed like a passing scene of like the flags of half mast and that's about it
0: yeah yeah i mean they showed pictures and stuff like that but um when we get to future series like i you just don't get the the sense of devastation i guess that's because not all of the series kind of show the areas that are affected but i don't think any of the shows ever really deal with um the areas that are affected on earth
1: no it's, it's pretty interesting when you when you point that out though because i think um you would think in shows where they were specifically on earth during that time frame. I think, uh, 8th MS team is a good example. Like they never really bring it up. Like they bring up, Oh, they dropped the colony. It was messed up. And that was about yeah. it.
2: Yeah. Well, even in the mobile suit Gundam, anime, made the first one, um, which comes after this chronologically, it, you don't get a sense in that until later that it was a purposeful drop. When you see that initial narration, it's, you're imagining that because of the war, a colony got damaged so badly it fell out of the sky, that kind of thing.
0: Oops. Right. Our bad. <laughs> um, yeah. So from here we go back to the zombies and this is kind of where I was getting at. I, I, I was kind of disagreeing with you on, on the motivation because um we'll, we'll probably bounce, bounce around a little bit, but um. It seems to me like garen is basically saying um what i had hinted at earlier is if we don't do this we're going to be killed and try as war criminals and we're already war criminals at this point so
1: the repeated sentiment you know keep saying they're using that as like a motivator for their for their leadership and for their um for their troops and stuff like basically you're war criminals if you fail
0: right right and that's why it's it's more self-preservation um, yeah. th- they're like, well, we're going to end this war. We don't care if we, who we kill as long as we win. You know, that, yeah. that, that's the, that's the vibes I get from it. Not a, we're going to save more people if we, you know, kill all these people initially. My mind was more, it's, it's them or us. And well, it's not going to be us.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean Gearin kinda of gives me the sense that he's like he's kind of a he's kind of a kind of a coward. He would probably uh take the easy way out.
2: Yep. Was I supposed to have a deep thought there? I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, I was opening that up for you to 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 disagree oh, with. Me. <laughs> oh, I mean as far as
2: Gearin goes, no, I think the what I mentioned earlier is maybe uh, maybe not presented well i think that's probably what a lot of the Xeon forces are telling themselves even when they hear uh, even when they hear garen's argument
0: it's yeah and, and to be fair we don't hear what they tell the soldiers we only hear what they're telling each other as a family right. of you know aristocrats yeah.
1: we do see um, at this point we do see dozel he's kind of showing some uh, remorse for what they've done at first yeah when he goes to his wife and all of that, he starts showing some remorse. And then eventually he kind of uses his brother's argument to convince himself that they were doing the right thing.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, this, this leads into um, kind of like the pretense for loom um, because uh, loom is essentially split between pro uh, pro Zeon forces and pro federation forces. um, And, you know, the zombies obviously want to, make it pro Xeon because then they have loom on their side. And then, uh, the Federation is, is essentially sending, uh, people to back the pro Federation forces. So, um, the zombies are, are trying to make a decisive battle or, or influence enough that they can, um, have loom on their side. And out of this dozel, we see, uh, Neva for the first time as a little child. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dozel is—he uh, tries to be a good dad. <laughs> yeah, and
2: it's—it's it's good to see Maneva here in Origin because in Mobile Suit Gundam, she's just some she's a, just some kid, and you're like, whatever. Uh, and this is a very important character to this larger series—not um, a hmm, it, it, an important character, without saying too much.
1: Yeah, not now. Not yet.
0: Yeah, I mean she she sticks around for several yeah. series. I guess that's a spoiler, but um eh. it, I mean there's characters that stick around for a yeah. while at the end. We, we won't spoil anything past that, but I mean it's a it's it's a timeline for a reason. Not everybody dies at the end of every series. Um so yeah, now we go to Loom and we see Artesia um being a nurse now, um, we we kind of saw her earlier, like two episodes ago, um, trying to learn when when they first went um, to um, Teablo okay. Moss's place. Kind of like she was like working with people, I think.
1: Yeah, she was volunteering with the uh, refugees, like the sickly folk outside of her mansion. Yeah.
0: Um, and we see Lieutenant Tachi again. It's the first time we've seen yeah, him in a while.
1: Yeah, like clandestine and mysterious. <laughs> I thought it was I it was an interesting turn for his character how he became like an intelligence officer, like all like cloak and dagger stuff. Uh, considering what he was in the first couple episodes.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's he's aged and he's uh, more competent.
1: <laughs> it, it seems like he's dramatically more competent, and and he's makes some kind of throwaway comments that lead me to believe that it's entirely based on him them out of uh, uh, getting them out of the spaceport back yeah. back many many moons ago. That's the entire basis for his career.
0: Yeah so this is kind of he, he, he basically shows up and s- tells um, Artesia, hey there's this guy named Shar you know him right And she's like yeah he's like he's really important. you should watch him Also Casval is alive gotta go. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't really get what his motivation was short of kind of directly telling her that <laughs> Char was, Char was cancelled.
0: So they, they hint at it and I don't, I, I don't remember if it's ever explored any further. Um, I mean it is in this episode but there seems to be a a split between the, the Xeon intelligence forces, um, and then, um, uh, casilia uh, has got like her own crack type of intelligence forces so it seems like there's there's like sp- spies of the spies and they're just kind of like fighting against each other in, in some ways
1: yeah yeah kind yeah of and as well
0: I also took it as a you know she's on
2: Miranda which is the like main colony at loom inside five and I kind of took it as a also it could have been just a hey maybe pay attention uh, to what's going on. Uh, because, you know, maybe somebody's going to attack you sort of, you know, without him saying that just sort of, a uh, has a way to get the attention of one of the zombie heirs or excuse me, not the zombie heirs, one of Daikun's heirs, um, to maybe indirectly help protect them, uh, without being directly, right. you know, forcing anything. Just a thought. Yep.
0: Yep yeah no no i think that makes a lot of sense um because i mean there there's it's not as pronounced as before but it seems like there is still that um Daikun and zabi different factions going on there um obviously the the daikuns aren't active anymore but i'm sure that there's still like that undercurrent of people that are like no this is what we were originally about um, and especially after the colony drop i'm sure there's a lot of internal factions that are like, wait a second, no, we're not necessarily cool with this. So, because um, I, I forget who says it, but they, they're basically like, you know, the, the Daikuns, Zeons and Daikun would not have been okay with this. I think it was Ron Baral when he was talking to Do- Dozel. So, I mean, there's definitely that faction that's probably an undercurrent in mm-hmm. Zeon. Well,
1: I think the entirety of Zeon is just built around the ideology of, uh, of Daikun. So, I mean, I think... I think a pretty vast majority of those people are probably just like mindlessly following, oh. following at this point. Um So they, I feel like the, the general consensus, I never really got the sense that people were even really aware that Zeon.
2: Yeah. Did. And I think you know, the other part of it is that we see this presented in like, you know, episodes one and two, when it's more of the, more of the intrigue is around all these semi-aristocratic families where you kind of have Zeon composed of, House Raul, House Zabi, and House um, Daikun, right? Like, almost like a Game of Thrones sort of thing going on. And uh, some of these alliances are still... Like, those segregations and or alliances are still in place in Zeon, even though they're now
0: supposedly more united fighting for independence. Right. Right. And it's like these guys are still loyal to Zeon, but... You know, they're not loyal to the zombies, necessarily. Yeah. So uh, we go on. Uh, immediately after that, Tyoblo Moss uh, is sick, and um, Artesia has to go see him. So she leaves, and we go and see um, really our our first appearance of Char in this episode, um, aside from, like, the, hey, I ran out of gas, but I'm still awesome, like, five-second flip.
1: Yeah, it it kind of introduces uh, the custom. Well, uh, it, it kind of fully establishes the black tri stars, and it also uh, introduces the the great right. Fancy boy got model kits to
2: sell.
0: <laughs> Why does he have that, that horn on his head? Because we've got to sell a model option parts, <laughs> yeah, it's <a> model. <laughs> or because it's cool. yeah. So <laughs> because they have a pissing match. Yeah. So they have a pissing match. Uh, we're going to destroy more. No, I'm going to destroy more uh, at the battle of them. <laughs> um,
1: it does, it does show uh, char saying uh, he's too good of a pilot to need any sort of like safety mechanisms. He won't wear a suit in his, uh, uh, in his Zaku. He won't like, he makes him take the limiters and stuff off. But that, that was pretty interesting.
0: Yeah. Which he definitely doesn't do later in the series. I mean, he wears his suit in a lot of places. Yeah, he, he does.
1: Yeah, I thought that was kind of—I thought that was kind of uh, odd that he was me. It might have just been a—I'm testing it. Someone called me out on it, so I'm gonna. Yeah,
0: I—I I think this goes back to—I think two or three episodes ago, where um, I think every note I had it says "Shar is a dick." Shar um, is still a dick. Yeah. He's just. <laughs> yeah, he he eventually gains some wisdom while
2: still being a dick, but. He'll apply some wisdom at some point. <laughs> right.
0: He's smart, but he's still a dick. Smart dick. <laughs> <laughs> it's an Internet of Things device. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so they, they go on, with they start talking about some of like the, the strategy and, and things like this about the Battle of Loom. Um, and this is where we see that Xeon, um, despite being super successful early on in the war they're vastly outnumbered um, because they basically say at the one point one, one of the armadas is equivalent or e- I think it even outmatches or in it, it numbers the Xeon fleet. And then there's another guy that's coming behind that fleet that has three times that number. So essentially um, Xeon, if they win in an open battle is going to be outnumbered for five to one.
2: Yeah. The, in terms of sheer size they don't have a chance so they have to implement some kind of strategy and also just again kind of mapping things out a little bit because this is always in the moment kind of hard to see Um, side five is at l1 and that is going to be the lagrange point kind of on the other side of the moon so you think of it as a straight line you'd have earth side five the moon and then uh side three where xeon is so that's sort of a natural collision point
0: Mm -hmm. so it's on the near side of earth near yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah um i mean there's not much to say other than yeah they're outnumbered and and they're going to basically try to peel off some of these guys and they they don't say directly who's going to do it but they they basically say they're sending a strike force which i think we can all infer that it's it's char and the um the Stars.
2: yeah so one thing i think that's interesting here is just kind of the way that this battle is presented in the the not origin stories is that this was attempt number two we're going to drop another colony was the impetus of it but i don't did they bring
1: that up in this episode? I, I don't
0: know like they did.
1: They didn't, mention, they didn't mention doing it a second no,
0: time. No, the, yeah. the whole thing that they kind of hinted at... Well, I mean... The, the whole reason it seemed like they were having this battle was because they were trying to purge Loom of the Pro-Federation forces so they could get Loom on their side. Yeah.
1: It was a contested area.
0: Um, so... Um, we.
1: Are we back to Texas Colony.
0: Are we back at Texas Colony? No, no, yeah, no. no. We're before we go to Texas. We get to see Ron Barrell back at the bar drinking again. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. So he's and back.
2: Then... He's demoted twice. You have a song that adds more to
0: the length of the episode. <laughs> That's fair. I, I think song. I zoned out during that one. I think the first time I was like trying to listen to the lyrics and see if I cared, and I did.
1: Admittedly, the second time I watched it, I kind of just skipped little, like the Like the it was like a six minute song.
0: Yeah, and I think they did this in episode one or two as well. They had another like long song. They, but
1: I think stuff was happening the first time.
2: Yeah, the the first time I watched this, I definitely refilled a beer during this part. <laughs>
0: Um. Yeah. So, Cassilia's secret service that was hinted at before by um by Lieutenant Tachi, um shows up after Lieutenant Tachi kind of gives uh, Haman a, a warning, um saying, "Hey, they're here to arrest him." Um, and they're kind of like she she's she shuts him down. She's like, "Hey, he's already been demoted. Who the fuck are you? She, you know, if if Cassilia wants to uh, arrest him." she can come here with a war on herself.
1: I'm kind of surprised that turned that got them to leave.
0: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a little, it's a little strange. The, the only thing I can think of is it's just maybe there's some mutual respect somewhere that I've missed the subtext on.
0: Yeah. There's, there's something either that or they're just, they don't want to fight on somebody else's turf with, I don't know. They like three guys. So yeah. they may be under
2: orders to not kill anyone. And the only thing they're good at is killing and not talking.
1: I don't know. I have no idea. It seemed like the type.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They, they seem kind of shocked that, that she pushed back. Um, so now we go to Texas colony. Cause th- that was pretty much that. Um, mm-hmm. We go to Texas colony and we see Artesia with um, Tableau Moss. He's still alive, but pretty sick.
1: Um, yeah, we see the Aznibals.
0: Yep. We see them briefly. Uh, they're like, Hey, we're getting out of here. We don't want to be on this colony anymore. We're going to go to Zion and, um, hopefully survive.
1: Yeah. They mentioned one of the, re- one of the motivations for going to Xeon specifically is because they want to be closer to uh char, even though he's like, it, despite the fact that he hasn't written us, uh, or contacted us at all. He's still our only son. So we want to be close to him. So I thought, I
0: thought it was kind of funny. Yeah, they I, I kind of read it as we know he's famous now and he's like an important guy. So maybe like his reputation will allow us to be a little bit safer when we go there.
2: Yeah, well, and they're also just sort of afraid for their lives in Texas because they are pro-Zeon. And we learn soon after that, a little bit after they uh, at least leave their house, their their house gets burnt down
0: yeah yeah
2: so yeah seems like probably was a good idea to get out of town just from a self-preservation stand, standpoint
1: yeah, a
0: <laughs> and then uh and then well w- weren't the bandits that we see attacking tablo mas's house th- they were pro xeon right
1: no the bandits were i don't think they were bandits they were like rioters or something like that they were pro-federation they were pro-federation
0: were... I, I kept getting mis- yeah. mixed up on that part um I think they mentioned it in, like, yeah, eight sentence a sentence and then went on.
1: Deeper. This is one of the things I was saying. it's going to have bad people and they keep doing dumb shit. Like, this is an example of Federation supporters just being assholes.
2: Yeah, and, and recall that Texas is kind of getting right. to be in the crosshairs because it is also at loom at side yeah. five.
0: Yeah. Um, so we actually see, you know, Artesia... The intelligence and leadership skills run in the family. Um, Artesia is extremely competent, um, manages to organize the defense of the house when the those rioters are showing up and throwing Molotov cocktails and things like that. And also she just gets like a legit headshot, like f- straight out the gate.
1: She grabbed a, a Winchester rifle with eight bullets and killed like seven <laughs> dudes.
0: Yeah, you see this guy wearing a helmet with a star on his head, and then like the middle of the star just gets a bullet hole and he just falls down. It's like, oh.
1: Okay. Yeah. She's she's popping popping heads from, you know, however far away. We've never seen her even hold a gun before. He didn't know what it was when the guy handed it
2: to her. <laughs> Here's a gun. <laughs> New type magic. New type magic right there.
0: Better aim.
1: Apparently so. <laughs> Hey, I back? mean, to be fair,
0: t- we saw uh, in the first few episodes, Char, like, take over a gun tank and learn how to pilot it and shoot the guns in it and just completely wreck trained military people. So, uh, you know, Artesia picking oh, yeah, up a gun yeah, and yeah. being able to headshot a few people, uh, you know, at this point, I'm, I'm willing to say okay. <laughs> oh, absolutely, <laughs> yes.
1: I heard it was shooting into a crowd. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> I guess with a gun tank, you have a much larger margin of error you can you can account for. <laughs>
1: if if you if you took a rifle and shot directly into a crowd of like twelve people, chances are you probably get hit.
0: But a headshot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Tablo Mass dies during the attack. Um, you know the the house gets kind of blown up, but. Um uh midway through it, um we see Miranda's Miranda's bay get blown up by Shar um killing his uh fake family.
1: Fake family, yeah. <laughs> his,
0: not his parents, not parents. <laughs> Which he didn't mean
2: to do that, but what is happening here is that the Xeon forces are destroying all of the spaceports of side Five's colonies so that the Federation can't use them.
1: You see him kind of hoping that uh, Artesia isn't there either. He, he specifically calls out, he's like, if there's, there's anything like uh, divine intervention or anything like that. then you're not going to be there. So he's like, at least aware that some bad
0: stuff. Yeah. Like- and then we, we see like our, a little face to face where they see. Well, she sees him. I, I, they don't make it clear if he notices her or not. But he, he hangs around on top of Texas for long enough that you know there's a chance that I think he noticed her, especially if he uses his new type magic. I
1: he yeah. all over his new type magic at this point. I don't think
0: he does. Well, I think they all have some level of new type magic. They're just kind of like entry level new type magic. Well,
1: I think the whole point of being a new type is like. You're born in space, or you've spent so much time in space that you start developing extra senses. I think that's the whole point behind it. So I don't think it's like a, you know, you don't choose when you do or don't hear something. I I, I
0: I know, I know, I know.
2: Um, I think the the only other point I had to this whole scene was that the the parent Asnables, Tom and I forgot his wife's name, they go out the same way their son does. Oh
0: yeah.
1: That's an interesting point. Yeah, I didn't think about that.
2: Yeah, blown up by, by Char and a space cruiser. I guess Char didn't directly blow them, uh, blow up
0: the Char one actual Char, up, but... or Char two didn't blow up Char one. He just caused it to, mo. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, the Battle of Loom begins. After this, um, we we see Garma um, with his dad. Um, what's his title now? Not Garma, but it it was chairman but they they changed it. Oh, like supreme one yeah, or something, something weird. like that. Um but yes, Garma spazzes out. Something something real dictatorial. imminent. Yeah, dictator-y. yeah uh-huh. it, and it's it's interesting and, and I forgot to mention this earlier when we were talking about like the the um Zabi family meeting. Um we we didn't really discuss the um interactions between um, the father and his children uh he he does not he's not on board with Gen's plan necessarily and it almost seems like you know in in the movie or sorry in the in, in the original series um you know he's supreme for the most part and I guess Geerin's in charge of the military and strategy and stuff like that but in this one it it almost seems like he's a puppet that's going along. And, you know, he has, you know, if he, if he says things to the soldiers, obviously he's going to have the most say at that time, but it almost seems like he's along for the ride at this point, And he doesn't necessarily agree with what's going on.
2: Yeah. Well, and he's losing control of Girin, which is kind of hinted at when he talks to Cassilia. Um, you know, he, he's, but I think he's only kind of just now realizing it. And then the other interaction that was, uh, I think we kind of skipped over was that, you know, he mentions you know, the colony drop failing to meet their objective, which was to take out Jabro and Garen's immediately kind of just deflecting it onto this other stuff. Like you mentioned with the, you know, Oh, we're all war criminals now anyway. And, you know, whoever's, you know, the people responsible will be held accountable. And kind yeah. of looking over Dozel. And then, um, uh, uh I mean, that, the, the old Zabi. Anyway, uh, he's, he's like,
0: actually Garen, this was your yeah. fault. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's an interesting dynamic and and it plays out further in the original series, but it's 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 a different dynamic than what I was expecting based on like the other things I've seen. Um but regardless, Garm is a spaz. He like freaks out after the first zombie um ship is blown up. He's like, Oh my god, what's going on? Um and Daddy has to tell him to shut up and, you know, not embarrass him.
1: Yeah, he was not handling it well at all.
0: He's also like freaking out because he's like, oh, what if Shara dies? And, you know, um, the Supreme leader, whatever he's calling himself now is like, you know, some people are disposable and other people aren't and you're not. So shut up. <laughs> yep. We learned that Garma is completely
2: unprepared for this.
0: Yeah. And yeah, definitely- I don't, I don't know exactly how long it is after this happens that, that um, original series shows up, but I mean, he's, you know, not to spoil things. I mean, but he's, he's got a, he eventually gets more authority and man, this, this leading into this, seeing this scene, it's like, Oh my God, now things make a lot more sense. Like why he's not respected. Yeah. Um, and then the, the very end scene is shark um, getting ready to fly into the middle of the battle of loom and start lighting people up. Um, which, will for i guess episode six kind of tie us right back to the beginning of episode one where we saw that awesome um uh, gundam scene where he's zipping around so um episode six we'll probably see a lot more combat but this is kind of like hey this is about to happen
1: yeah he kind of he kind of pops the the cap off of his his boosters and goes nuts that's, it's the nitro awesome. yeah, yeah
2: yep all we really see is that the start of the fleet battle has really begun here yep and did we mention the um the faint where they've gotten the fed, uh, where they've gotten the federation to split up their forces
0: yeah well um uh, we kind of mentioned that the, that this that they were going to split them off but i guess this this was like another version of the faint, I guess. Oh, or, you uh, know, I might be getting with... ahead of myself. No, you're uh, not. You're not. They do mention it. The uh, because this is where um, the spaceports were blown up, and so um, that's why they they split off. Yeah,
2: and there's something about giving Rebel false intel, but I forget what the false intel was. I should have taken
0: a note when I was watching it. I I must have missed that one. I mean, they I know they were talking about the Rebel force being like the massive one that could potentially wipe out the zombie or Xeon forces. But yeah, it, it's um, very possible because
2: as episode six, well, I haven't rewatched it in the last few weeks, it came out pretty recently. And there might be just some things in my head where the wires are getting crossed about what happens in what episode. <laughs> so, right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. So I guess overall thoughts, Anybody want to give, give it a grade or whatnot.
2: I give this a grade of the dragons are coming. They're coming. Just hang on. (laughs) Be here soon.
1: Uh, I liked it. Um, I thought there was, I thought they, I thought they accomplished a lot in the episode. I really enjoyed seeing a little bit of everything. Um, Not quite, not, not a lot of combat, but they were really getting into that. I think for the next episodes, I'm really excited for that.
0: Yeah. This to me was another setup episode, but it was, it was a setup episode done right. I mean, it was it was it's the longest one we've seen so far. Um, and parts of it definitely dragged like we mentioned with the song and stuff like that. But I think overall this was a pretty solid like give us lots of information, show us lots of things, tell us what's going on in the one year war up to this point, and then like set us up for uh, the next episode where we we see Shar become the red comet and whatnot. Um, see the, the the actual Battle of Loom. Even though the episode, the, this is called the Clash at Loom, um, it's it's really mm-hmm. the pretense right before the the battle. Yeah,
2: and it was really cool to you know see this setup because the entire battle it has a huge ripple effect on the rest of the timeline as we can discuss more as we go along but in a lot of those shows that you know came out before this did you heard so much about it but you never saw it and it was just it, it was a it's a neat experience to be able to you know go back and and see all of the you know the setup and then in the next episode the battle itself because it it trickles down into you know Thunderbolt and you know basically every other show so
0: so uh we met it, it came up really briefly and this is something that's always driven me nuts um whenever how do you how do you guys pronounce it even if it's in your head um the the colony uh, and i'm just i'm probably gonna butcher it um because i know the show butchers it um abaqua abawaku abawaku is that how you do it, say it yeah because in uh, you. and the dub
2: of mobile suit Gundam that's a, in, in both dubs of mobile suit Gundam that I can remember. That's how it's pronounced.
1: Yes. I, originally when I first watched the show, I watched it um, dubbed and I wasn't really paying attention to what they were actually saying. And I um, always called it. Uh, <laughs> um, and then when I started watching the dubs, I, Realized you
0: know, I was saying it. It's yeah, it's it's a fu- I, it's a funny name. And and Scotty, you'll probably get this more than, than Luke will because you played uh DDR back in the day. Do you remember the song Bakwa? Oh. That might be <laughs> hmm. might be too It was one of the Korean ones, I think. Okay. That might be too deep of a cut. That must have been a third mix thing or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it was a cheesy song, so whenever I see this one, I, it, it, when I see it written down specifically, I'm just like, pa "quoi?" <laughs>
2: yeah, if it, like if it wasn't fifth mix or later, I I'm fuzzy, so it must have been one of those, or like it was probably on like a solo bass machine or something. One of those things I played twice, <laughs> anyway.
0: Yeah. All right any any final thoughts? Um.
1: Uh, our first show what's that you've almost it oh, to true. our first show
0: mm-hmm. yeah that's true yeah we've got one more episode um
1: we're on reddit now
0: yeah by the, by the time everybody listens to this there will have been four or five reddit yeah. posts so. we are we are <laughs> recording this the day before
2: posting the first episode uh yeah. So, yeah, so if, if you heard anything in the first episode and you just were like, wow, that sucked. And you gave us some feedback. We don't have any of your feedback yet. So
1: <laughs> episode 6 we'll have your first episode's feedback. Don't
0: worry. Yeah. Ho- hopefully over time we'll get better. Uh, hopefully we're still getting better as even from the first episode. I mean, I have a new mic, so I don't sound like I'm in a, a toilet anymore. Ooh. Um, <laughs> So, so
2: there's that. I went this whole episode without a Transformers reference. That's a lie. I did make one earlier. What was the? Reference? I did. Uh, totally real events that definitely happened.
1: Uh, I, that was that was a little too deep for me.
2: Yeah, yeah. Some of I, I guarantee someone in our audience will will understand that one. Someone will. There's enough
0: cross pollination. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Um, if we don't anything else. No, stop asking. I don't have anything else. <laughs> All right. Hey, I, hey, this is a this is a conversation show, right? So, like, we're just we're here to shoot the shit and talk about Gundam and shoot the shit. Um, so, everybody, thank you for listening. Um, hopefully, you made it through the entire episode without falling asleep. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, feel free. Um, we'll have a Reddit post up uh, probably as you're listening to this. Uh, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at New Type You can reach out to any of us personally, I'm at Monkey S K A N K I N M O N K E Y. Or oh, just look on the Twitter feed of new type FlashPod. Um, Scotty, yep. Scotty two
2: underscores and P, because all the good names were taken.
1: <laughs> Luke at easy stuff.
0: All right, guys. Thanks, and we look forward to hearing from you. Yeah.